If you've ever felt like you need to earn God's favor, or sometimes you feel like you want to run away from God when you don't do things quite right, this is the episode for you. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and this is the Be Healed Podcast, a ministry of the Gospel Mission Network. This podcast is all about helping you to grow your biblical faith in God's promise to touch you mentally, physically, and spiritually. The Be Healed Podcast is filled with interviews, testimonies, and teachings, all aimed to equip you with faith to overcome anything that can come at you in life. Today, I'm so excited that we've reached 152 countries and you've helped make that possible. And I want you to make sure you share this with a friend. Make sure that you like, follow the podcast, because we know that God wants many people to be touched. Today, I've got a special guest, and we're actually taping this episode in Valdosta, Georgia, with a good friend of mine by the name of Pastor Michael Wells. He's the senior leader of New Covenant Church in Valdosta, Georgia. He's also the overseer of an apostolic network called CAM Leadership Network. So excited to have him here today. He's going to be talking with us about getting healed from an orphan spirit. This is so needed, and I'm so excited to have you, Pastor Mike. Man, thank you for having me with you. So let's talk about something that is is important. Um, people hear or, orphan spirit, and maybe they're thinking of a lot of different things. What, what would be a, a simple way of describing to people what an orphan spirit is? I think the simplest way would be to live with constant mistrust, alienation of people, and really to live with a lot of rejection and fear what people think because you have never understood acceptance. Mm. And so emotionally, it, it comes out physically with people, but it leads to a lot of performance versus just being. Yeah. So I've heard frequently that our relationship with our father uh, in the natural uh, really impacts us a lot more than, Truly than, does. than, than we think. Um, what's your journey been, Mike? What, what, what was your relationship like with, with your own dad? Oh, what a, what a question. Um, so psychologists say that by the age of seven, a girl's identity is determined in her mind already, by her father, by the age of seven. For me growing up, um, I was the youngest of four kids, and all I knew was it was a Christian family. I remember Bible studies, and I remember all this stuff, but my dad provided, but he was never there. It was an absent father. Mm. Um, Never did anything really individual with him, and and um, it was one of those things that really I had no confidence in myself because I had no identity. Nobody told me what it was to be a man. Nobody told me wow. what it was to to be a son, first of all, and to just be. So um, when I was 15, my parents divorced. My dad soon went to jail, and which rocked our family. But all through that, I never had any identity and I had just lived my life trying to get that approval. So I was like Adam when I would mess up, when Adam was in a garden and he sinned, instead of running to the father for help, he ran and hid. Mm -hmm. Instead of knowing he was a son, 
he was in bondage to fear of what would God do, and he blamed it on other people. So an orphan spirit really manifests itself in a lack of identity and living in a, a rejection and a fear. You know, I think this is so common uh, that we don't even realize it shouldn't be this way. Correct. Um, this idea, I've got to earn God's love or I have to earn his favor. I have to earn his acceptance. I think we're tired. I think tons of people in the church are worn out, are worn out. They're just yes, fatigued because in the natural, we can't even do it. So each time we fall short, we wind up running away from God. Some stop going to church. We're afraid to open up the Bible and Christianity becomes everything that it isn't Correct. to that person. So good. Truthfully, in my journey, um, it wasn't until I had I got saved and I began to get discipled by someone who really taught me Romans 8, where he says, I believe it begins in verse 13 or 14. He says, you have not received a spirit again to the bondage of fear. And I stopped at that word again. So that means it had to have happened sometime previous to that. And I believe in the garden, when Adam sinned, that's when a spirit of fear came over mankind. And we're all born with a part of an orphan spirit as part of the wages of sin. And so he says, you didn't receive a spirit again to bondage of fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. So coming into Christ, that orphan spirit is removed. And now we've received a spirit of adoption of sonship by which we can cry, Abba, Father. So it wasn't until he began to show me that, that I began to realize the performance that I had. I mean, I gave my life to sports. I gave my life to trying to please dad. I never got a good job. I never got an approval from my father. Right. Um, I would try to, you know, by grades or by athletic accomplishments, nothing was ever good enough. And so I lived not knowing who I was, just my identity was football. My identity was whatever sport I was in. It wasn't until God broke me and showed me, you're my son first, and then these things are secondary. Yeah. Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. I want everybody to hear this. It wasn't when you were good that God died for you. It was when you were bad. How much more now after he's died for you, uh, that he's made you good with his own goodness, uh, are, you, are we accepted? Right. And, and I think shame keeps us from coming to the Father. Wow. Because when Adam hid, they felt shame. They felt naked. They covered themselves. It was the first time shame was introduced. But could you imagine every time Adam looked at the angel guarding the garden, the shame that came to him knowing what he had, and he couldn't <laughs> go to the Father? And so how many times yeah. do we, when shame comes in for what we've done, it keeps us from running to the Father who has accepted us while we were still sinners. Yeah. So performance is taken out of the covenant of Christianity that Christ made with us, and performance is no longer there. It was his performance that it and it has nothing to do with mine. But until we come to that realization that he took shame, he took fear, he took performance, then that orphan spirit will try to always alienate us from the Father. Let's say that Christians hear that, they know that, they mentally accept it. They're like, I believe in the gospel that we're saved by grace through faith. 
but still they wrestle. Could you talk with us a little bit about how we can move from knowing about that to actually getting healed? Because sometimes when I hear you speak, you use Papa or, you know, referring to your father very intimately, father in heaven. What happened in your own personal life that you went, because you've been a Christian for a long time. 1989. But when when I'm with you, I I sense that I'm dealing with somebody who knows that they're a son, not just a servant. What, what were the things that happened in your life? Yeah. Oh man, we would be here for a very long time to discuss that. (laughs) But, um, over the 33 year journey that I've been a believer, um, one of the first things that God literally had to break me in failure um, part of my testimony is after I graduated Bible school, I went to work at a church. I made every mistake imaginable to mankind, um, you know, because when you get out of Bible college, you think you know everything. And um, and I gave up the ministry mm. and I walked away from my calling. I started getting promoted because of my performance, my work ethic in the business world. And God sovereignly, supernaturally reminded me of the calling, set up a couple of situations where he forced me to make a decision, either business world or calling. And I chose the calling and I went through about a two year desert where he broke me in a lot of ways, broke pride, broke performance, broke those things. But it was because the revelation of you quoted just a second ago, um, Romans chapter two, eight and nine, not me, Ephesians two, eight and nine by faith you're saved. Yeah. But if you go back to Ephesians 1, he says, you are predestined to be adopted. Mm. He says, you've been blessed with every blessing in the heavenlies. He said, now, you know, you are his beloved. You are accepted in the beloved, capital B, which is a, a, and a reference to the body of Christ, the beloved of God. And it wasn't until that revelation became a part of me that I began to realize that he did all the work and none of my work is powerful enough to undo his. Amen. So none of my sin is more powerful than the blood. Amen. None of my performance is more powerful than the blood. And I think everybody has to come to that realization with, I am not big enough to undo what Christ did. Yeah. And then I can be secure in what Christ did. You know what did it for me? Um, time with him in my thoughts um inspired by uh darkness and and things people have done and bad memories that that's what's in my mind but in his presence it's as if those things are burned up like fog in the sunlight and all of a sudden it was like wow this is not what i expected and the thing that blew my mind and it seems so easy the goodness. The goodness of God. Of God. It breaks you. It, it breaks you. And this is why, and we were talking about this in another meeting, that it's not the hell and brimstone message that helps us to see that side of God. Mm-hmm. Yes, we need to hear that there's going to be a judgment. This is part of the love of God yeah. to warn us, to, to, to call us to repentance. But I, I want everybody to know that that's not primarily the Christian message. After you die to your old life, to your sin, the new life is there. Mm-hmm. And what a weight comes off. 
Uh, and I think about John the Revelator, you know, he's there leaning against Jesus' chest. What intimacy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So there is a book called The Secret of the Scarlet Thread. I don't know if you've ever read it. It was life-changing in my journey to understanding covenant. And there's two stories that broke me, that just wrecked me. One of them was what you just quoted about John leaning on Jesus' chest. But if you look at John chapter 13, where Peter is right next to Jesus also, yeah, you know, or he's actually across from John, say, hey, ask Jesus this. <laughs> then Peter says, I'm never going to fail you. And Jesus says, for the rooster crows three times, you will. If you take the title heading out of John 14, and you just make it one story. Yeah. The next verse says, don't let your heart be troubled. I prepare a place for you. Mm. Now, there's no chapter heading in the Greek. Yes. So it's a continuation. Yeah. So in the midst of Peter, you're going to deny me three times, but don't let your heart be troubled. I'm preparing a place for you. Wow. Powerful. I've never seen it powerful. because it's a separate chapter. And so in the midst of his failure, he said, Peter, you're still accepted. You're still going to be with me and my father. And the other story was Mephibosheth. If you remember Saul's, yeah. I think, grandson, yeah. you know, and he was a cripple. That'd be lame. Lame. He was hiding for his life because another king was reigning and he could be killed at any moment. And the fear happened that he heard the footsteps of the army coming, but they picked him up. And they seated him at the king's table yeah. instead of killing him. Yeah. So where I expected judgment and where I expected punishment, the king picked me up and put him at his table. Ah, oh, so powerful. Um, there's a song that some people may know. Um, I don't know if I'm getting the title correct, but the chorus of it says, there is room at the table just for you. Mm. And our local church sings that. Wow. when we're thinking about and meditating on receiving the symbols of the Lord's mm -hmm. Supper. Man. And it's this meditation, and I want everybody to understand this. I know that it doesn't make sense in the natural, but when God sees us, he sees us literally as sons and daughters. In fact, one way of thinking about the Great Commission is it's one big adoption initiative. Oh, I like that. You know, the Father's coming, he sends the Son, bring them to me. And I think evangelism has gotten pretty complicated instead of, hey, I would just like to tell you about my dad. I, 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 I want to tell you where I live. Mm -hmm. Would you like to live here too? I want you to be with me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but th there's a big problem because there's a lot of religion in the churches uh, of men, well-intended by many, that say we're going to have these protocols. But Christianity is messy. Very messy. It isn't sterile. It's, it's a journey. And I want everybody to hear that. It's a journey. When the father adopted you as a son or a daughter, he didn't do it temporarily. He didn't do it to say, hey, let's, let's do a trial. Let's, let's see how you do for the next six months. When Christ became a curse, it says he became a curse so that we could become his righteousness. Okay? Oh, that orphan spirit was part of the curse. It started in the garden 
and it's been done with. And I, to me, the only way somebody can walk in complete freedom from that is understanding father wants me in his house. He adopted me. So my brother adopted his daughter, his oldest daughter. Okay. Okay. When you're, when you have a baby as a couple, I don't mean to be crass, but you get what you get. Okay. There's no going back. <laughs> okay. But when you adopt somebody, you have specifically chosen them. Wow. Above anybody else. Wow. And you, you give them your name, but it's legal. And so in heaven, yeah. There was a legal transaction that said, you are now my son. It was broke the curse. It broke the power of the curse of fear, of bondage, of the performance. And to understand the love of Christ that he wants you to be a son is where it comes. So it goes back to Ephesians 2, 4, you know, but God who is rich in mercy while you were still sinners yeah. made you alive with Christ. Hallelujah. That that is when that curse was broken, when orphan spirit was dealt with. Yeah. And now I just have to learn to appropriate and to see myself as Lord, I'm not run I messed up again, God. I'm coming to you, Daddy. I need help. Yeah. I'm not coming to you, Daddy. I'm in shame. Yeah. I'm coming to you, Daddy, because you told me to come to you. You know, I wanna for my daughters, I want to be a father that has it has nothing to do with their performance. I'm proud of them because of who they are. That's powerful. That's what God does with us. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Well, I'll read from verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he, there it is what you were saying, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This idea that God chose you and I, and the, he loved the whole world. But this idea of being holy isn't acting holy. And without blame is not performance. This is what he has prepared. And um, this is a very, very powerful thought that, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll just transparently share this. I, I thought I understood this. Like, okay, God loves me. Amen. And Amen. But does he like me? Mm. Does he want to spend time with me? Oh, my goodness. I couldn't get time with a president of a nation. I can't even get time with an ambassador of a country. I can't even get time with presidents of corporations. And the king of all the universe says, Steve, anytime you need me, you call on me. I'll be there. And then he likes us even when we've messed up. Oh, so powerful. So one last verse to share for those of you listening, I pray that this encourages you, is Romans 8, verse 14, says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so that has nothing to do with our performance. It has everything to do with when we were saved, the Spirit of God was placed in us, the curses were removed. The spirit of fear was removed. The spirit of shame. Every spirit you can think of, he removed it, put his spirit in. And if every day I'm following you, Lord, I'm a son. Yeah. And and it has nothing to do with my performance. It just yeah. has everything to do with my surrender. Yeah, amen. And my identity that he predestined me to be a son. An older Korean pastor. <laughs> 
told me to do something, and I did it. He said, he wanted me to say out loud, I am a child of God. He told me to do it on my own, by myself, without any fanfare, without people looking in. And he said, continue to do it and see what happens. This is what happened. I said, I'm a child of God. But I said it so many times, it started to change. I am a child of God. And it changed. I am a child of God? (laughs) I was driving when I was doing this. (laughs) I started shouting at the top of my lungs inside that car because it was penetrating. It was breaking through my soul and my, my saved spirit was connecting and then declaring, I am a child of God. Ah, Pastor Michael, um, we know that people are listening right now who need prayer to get on the other side of what Amen. they're feeling. Amen. Can you can would, you pray for them right now? I would be honored. Amen. And the, the thing that I hope all of you here who are listening to this that are struggling with it is there is nothing that God hasn't already seen that will make him run from you. Remember, he was the one in the garden that came running after Adam when he was hiding. God didn't run from Adam and from the sin. God ran to it. And I need you to hear, no matter what place you're in, fear, shame, hopelessness, condemnation, God has come running just like the father ran for the prodigal son. So Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone who is riddled with shame and fear, with rejection and and alienated themselves in performance-based living, God, I pray that, Lord, they can stop. They can lay down all the weights that entangle them. And Lord, that as a father, you would just come and pick them up pull them close to your chest, and that, Lord, you would speak over them that they're your child, and you're proud of them not for what they do, but for who they are under the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you break through the lies of the enemy, that they just need to do more, or they just need to be better. No, God. You became a curse so that we could become your righteousness, Lord. And while we were in our sin, Lord, you came running and you died for us and you brought us to newness of life. So, Father, I pray for every single person listening to my voice right now. I break that orphan spirit in Jesus' name and I release a spirit of sonship, of adoption over them. And I thank you, Father God, that no lie is going to keep them from you, but Lord, that they can just receive it right now in faith. Just take hold of it and thank the Father that he has come running and that he's ready to give you his name. He's ready to give you every blessing in the spiritual places. He's ready to be a father to you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When you prayed that prayer in faith, You don't need to feel it. It's done. And it will emerge. But you've got to now spend time with the Father. 
And so I want you to make sure you get a Bible. I want you to make sure that you get connected to a church that teaches the Bible and develop your relationship. It is a wonderful, joy-filled, peace-filled, righteous-filled life in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pastor Michael, it's been awesome having you. Um, We're just a couple of brothers with the same dad that, that, (laughs) that work together. I mean, this is a family business guys. And, uh, Michael, uh, Pastor Michael, I want you to tell the people uh, two things, if you yes, can, sir. real quickly. You believe in healing. You've been preaching about it. Uh, we're, we're here doing a conference with you called Healing Covenant. Um, could you tell them, uh, the folks that may be in the Georgia area, uh, how they can connect to you? Oh, absolutely. Because they need to sit under this. This is, <laughs> this is not just a quick this podcast is- thing. This is how this is how you pastor. This this is what yes, it's sir. like in, in this house. Yes, sir. So we're based in Valdosta, Georgia, right on the Georgia Florida line. So if you're anywhere in um, North Florida, South Georgia area, we would be honored to have you come. You can go to NCC Nancy Charlie Charlie NCC Valdosta Georgia. Or sorry, NCCValdosta.org. I was about to give you my address there. Sorry, I messed that up. <laughs> There are leaders who are pastoring churches right now. They may be listening and nobody's fathered them. I've spoken to leaders really hurting. A lot of them are really hurting. Yes, sir. And um, we don't want to put down any denomination or anything, but I just know that there's a lot of pressure to perform. Um, They need a a safe place for those leaders. Can you tell them about CAM Leadership Network? Yeah. um, It's called Christian Alliance of Ministries was the founding organization that my Spiritual Papa L.A. Joiner started back in um, right about 2005, and um, and then I took it over in 2015, and it is a relational network that serves as a platform to resource kingdom leaders in a business or marketplace. We really focus on connecting and being vulnerable and transparent with one another. This is not a denomination. There's no spiritual hierarchy here. It is brothers and sisters who mutually submit to one another in order to make each other better by what we contribute and then working together and then by what we can create because two are better than one. Amen. Everybody, you can send testimonies, ask questions at contact at gospelmissionnetwork.org. You can also text the word healing to 94,000. And we will make you part of our mailing list. You're going to get a free resource all about identity. And this is uh, right in alignment with this idea of getting healed from uh, an orphan spirit. So, Pastor Michael, thank you so much for for joining us. As always, guys, Steve Hannett from the Be Healed podcast. We look forward to speaking with you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel, Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. 
Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of the Gospel Mission Network, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.